I love negotiations, as you've said. We've taught it a lot. And these are some of my strategies. And listen, I've gotten these strategies from a number of sources. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to The Deal Board. And we have a one of my favorite subject podcasts today. It is negotiation strategies. And I've been teaching negotiations for the better part of two decades. I've been very fortunate to teach not only people here in the industry at the IBBA and at Transworld, but I've given this negotiation strategy to contractors who have to negotiate with um, inspectors all the time and how to deal with them. I've given it to high schoolers to how to deal with uh, their teachers and how to deal with their family members. I've given it to nonprofit executives. And I just recently did that talking about how to negotiate with people to get the big check and to get funded. I've uh, had TV stations, radio stations for their sales forces. You know, it's a favorite subject. I know. I was going to, you just took all my (laughs) intro because this is your favorite topic. I mean, you've taught it for years and years and years. You wrote a book about some of this stuff. I mean, this is, this is definitely your wheelhouse. And um, I've learned a lot from Andy in these negotiation strategies that have affected my business and sometimes even personal negotiations. So I'm excited for us to share. We've got your top strategies and we're going to walk through each of them. Um, sometimes we'll just share words of advice. Sometimes we'll share a few stories, success and failures, but this is definitely one that you want to jot down some notes and come back to. So, yeah, I listen, I love negotiations. As you've said, we've taught it a lot and these are some of my strategies and listen, I've gotten these strategies from a number of sources. Uh, our favorite book that Bill Luce and all of us talk about a lot is, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. If you don't follow Chris Voss online, he has some great LinkedIn posts that he does and he has some videos out there. And Chris is a big shout out to Chris. uh, We really appreciate it because I like his, uh, you know, and I've certainly done Harvey Cohen and uh, Chester Carras and Stuart Diamond and several others. But, you know, I come back to Voss because Number one, he was negotiating for people's lives. So it was pretty important. No bigger stakes than that. Yeah. (laughs) And he, most of the time, he's not like a cutthroat negotiator. He does not believe that negotiation is won by hurting your opponent or taking advantage of your opponent. You know, most of the time in negotiations, the parties have differing they have differing values. They have differing goals. So usually it's about trying to reach their goals without not reaching your goals. Right. Yeah. And it's not about, I think he talks in there too. There's not, it's not a zero sum game, but it's also not a win-win. It's just coming to a resolution that can work for both parties. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Like the best deal is when everybody's unhappy. I can't tell you how many times we're at a closing table and everybody's just exhausted and, and rightfully so. It's a huge decision to sell your business. There's a lot in, at stake. Uh, in fact, I was just negotiating right before I walked in here with someone. And they really are wrong in the process. But I think we're going to find a way to give them what they want. Just because 
they're not seeing the big picture. This is a business that's $700,000 business. It's a business that makes a lot of money and they're arguing over basically $9,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we've and, got a lot of those stories. Yeah, and it's a landlord issue and everybody, you know, whether or not there needs to be a deposit, whether or not there needs to be a personal guarantee. And I think we're going to get to the end of it. But at the end, everybody's going to throw money at the problem, which happens, right? Yep. And there are ways to try to avoid that. So let's kind of jump in and go through some of our favorites. Yeah. Well, the first one, you, you call it shut up. I call it listen 80% of the time. But this is, I mean, this is a really well-documented new negotiation strategy is that, you know, you really want to listen to the other party and be quieter in the process. And honestly, sometimes when you're doing that, you're forming a better bond with that person. I, I think this is not just a negotiation strategy in sales, but this is a really good relationship strategy too, right? So um, I'll give it a bit of an example is, you know, I think a lot of times we, we talk about this is sometimes when we're selling businesses, the problem originally presented to us is not the actual problem, right? right. So we had a woman, uh, she was selling her business and she was presented problems, she's burnout, right? Which is if you document all the reasons people sell, the re uh, initial reason they always give you is burnout. I'm tired. I'm done with this. But really if, when we just sat there and listened and asked the why and listened to deeper and deeper conversations, what was going on was that she had just lost her, her daughter actually. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that situation, her and her husband were getting divorced. He was facing health issues and really, I don't think this is a, a negotiation lesson, but it's a lesson in really delivering the best for your client because she wasn't just burnt out. You know, she, her life was upside down in that situation. And really the best solution was to get her out as fast as possible, not necessarily for the most money. But if, you know, we had taken that burnout for what it is and just started then talking about this is the process, this is what we're going to do, we would have missed that entire backstory that came out from just sitting and listening, shutting up, and being quiet. Yeah, shutting up is really important. In fact, not only 80%, but I, I like to call 90-10 rules, right? There's a, several 90-10 rules in negotiation. 90% of the time you should be listening. You have two ears, you have one mouth. That, you know, whatever you want to remember that, that rule, but shutting up and listening is very important. And shutting up and not talking yourself out of a deal. I mean, we had a closing one time, multi-million dollar deal, and the buyer was just a loud mouth. I mean, we just trying to shut this person up. We're at a closing. Thank God closings are mostly done by by Zoom and by email now and and uh, electronic signature. But we had a closing, one of those old-time closings. Everybody's at the table. And the buyer wouldn't shut up about the changes that they were going to make in the business. Oh, that happens. Yeah. And they let it out that they were going to fire several employees day one. And the seller was getting red and just stood up at the closing and said, I will never sell you this business. I don't care how much it costs me to unwind this deal right now, but I'm walking out. And that was it. Deal. Done. Yeah. I'm gone. It's, it's, it's crazy. We had a seller actually on the opposite side. We had a seller once that sitting at a closing, old school closing, and uh, walked in to sign all the closing paperwork. And he's just started going off about, I can't believe you're buying this business for me. I never thought anyone was going to buy it. Like literally oh. he's saying to the buyer, and the buyer got up and walked out. He's like, well, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be buying this business and said he needed some more time to think about it. Ended up doing some more diligence, decided that wasn't the right deal for him and never sold the business. Wow. 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, one of my other, my second one that we, we, we picked as our favorite is the extreme anchor. And the extreme anchor is just that. It, it's something, you say something that's so outlandish, that's so outside the box that people, you know, are somewhat taken aback. And the funny thing about an extreme anchor is it works even, even if the people that you're giving the extreme anchor to know it's an extreme anchor. And so I'll give you an example. And one of the extreme anchors I like to use, and it kind of like makes it, 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 it creates levity in a, in a listing presentation. So we're doing a listing presentation. We're talking to a seller and the seller, or, you know, eventually gets to the point of how much is this going to cost? And I usually say, we take 50% of the proceeds at the closing. Now, everybody laughs, like you just laughed, yeah. and everybody laughs, thinks that's funny. But the funny thing is, is that that works. If you put up a huge, you know, number at the beginning, it's like, how much is this, you know, how much is this car going to cost? Well, it's only a million dollars for you today. And that's funny, but when you say the next number, people are much more relieved. They actually have physical They've tracked it in people's brainwaves. It actually gives them relief, and they actually will accept the second number no matter what it is. Yeah. Plus, it adds levity to a really tense situation often, right? Right. And, And maybe in a listing appointment, you don't have as much tension, but when you're in negotiations for the final purchase price of a business, which we're at a lot, there's tensions, right? right? And to add some humor in there, to add some levity, sometimes brings down some barriers, yeah, I mean, we've seen it before, even when things get heated, right? And things are going back and forth and they're talking about, well, I'll just give you a dollar for this business or I'll just give you 500, I'll give you all the proceeds of this business or, you know, like, I'm not going to give you all the uh, work in progress. You know, like they they throw something out like that and the, and the other side will say, I'm not asking for all of it. Mm-hmm. And so like the next number that comes out, the, that person's going to think it's more reasonable. So extreme anchors work. It's a psychological thing. And, and you know, you could read uh, some other books about influence and influencing people and persuasion. Extreme anchors do work. Yeah. Well, the next one is my personal favorite to watch <laughs> you deliver the strategy. I have personally never done this. So I'll let you explain it and tell the story. Well, my next one is the flinch, right? So the flinch is kind of a Tony Robbins thing. I think mm-hmm. that's where I originally heard it. Like people are pain avoiders, right? right? And one of Tony Tony's big things, and you could talk a lot about Tony, but Tony, you know, you teach yourself that things that are good for you are pleasurable. And so if you want people to avoid doing something, then you flinch in that process and they immediately want to soothe the pain or if they're empathetic. So the idea is when somebody gives you a value proposition and I'll I'll tell this story, right? So this story was I'm in front of an attorney. We're talking about uh, the attorney doing some work for my family. We happen to be in Albany, New York, which is outside of New York, if, uh, outside of New York City, right? And we're up there and we're talking about doing some family planning issue that we had with my wife's family. It's a long story. But anyway, so he's giving me his whole spiel and I'm like thinking, this is going to be a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? So I'm the negotiator, right? So he's going through his whole spiel and at the end, um, I look at him and I say, okay, how much is this going to cost? And he said, well, and I'll throw out some fictional numbers. And he says, $25,000. And I go, oh my God. <laughs> now, like now I just flinched 
verbally so you could all hear it, but I actually did it in person too. If you're watching me on video, I actually pretend like I got struck by electricity. And he didn't take a breath. He said $25,000 and I flinched like that. And he said, in the big city, but up here in the country, up in here in Albany, it's only $10,000. And, and my wife who was upset at the time had to put her hands in her, her face in her hands because she was like, and after the meeting, she's like, that was a $15,000 flinch. <laughs> and so, you know, and the flinch does work. You could do it anytime. And my other quick story was, um, you know, like I, I, I try to consider myself handy. I don't know why, but I try to. And my dryer was broken. My wife calls me, the dryer's broken. And I'm like, uh, we need a new dryer. And one of the guys in my office used to own a laundromat. And he's like, Andy, it's like a $10 part. You go down to the, I, I'll send you to my guy because he used to own a laundromat. He goes, I'll send you to my guy. It's a $10 part. Get this, go home, install it. He told me how to get the screwdriver and ins install it, right? And so I walk in the place and I say, hey, I need this kit, this dryer kit. And he's like, okay, it'll be $25. And I just instinctively flinched. And he went, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I thought it was $10. And he's like, where did you see $10? And I'm like, I, now I'm like, I'm not going to say my friend at my office. I'm like, yeah. I saw it on the internet. What site? He goes running <laughs> to his computer. He's trying to solve my pain. And I'm like, ah, Sears.com. You're like, yeah. I didn't know what to say. And he, it was it was maybe before Amazon, or I, I think I might even said Amazon. He's like, listen, how about I give it to you for $18? I'm like, just give me 25 bucks. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, you're saving me on a dryer. But anyway, the flinch really works. It's a lot of fun. You could practice it anywhere. You could use it with your kids. Your kids use it. Yeah. Oh, kids use it all the time. Actually, my 21-month-old uses it. But it is true. People um, want to avoid pain and not just their personal pain. They don't want to cause other people pain, right? So if they see that you're physically in pain from a reaction or from the reaction from a negotiation tactic or some information they've presented to you, they will help try and solve your pain. They will help try and relieve the situation. Yeah. I mean, again, it's something that you could practice. All these negotiation tactics are you should practice and it's fun to do it. And you know, it does work with your kids, by the way. Too. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's Chris Voss or who, who talks about this, but a lot of these negotiation tactics, a great way to practice is in your personal life. Right. So I know my husband likes to practice these ne negotiation tactics when we check into hotels. I was just about to say that you go to some of these <laughs> yeah. uh, seminars on negotiations and they make you go outside to renegotiate a room. Yes. And, and it's, it's gotten to the point where I, I do not attend check-in because he will pull out every tool in his belt to try and get us upgraded. Sometimes it works. Sometimes he learns some good lessons, but right. yeah, you practice in environments like that, not necessarily well, when the stakes are super high. Yeah. I'm sure they have the tactics down too. Yeah. I mean, like I think Mr. You know, Marriott taught them the right, tactics and the as Hilton, well too. Right. Yeah. The Hiltons <laughs> did the same thing. So, yeah. so let's talk about the next one. The next one is feed the ego, especially when you have a big ego. And when we're selling businesses, we run into a lot of big egos, whether it's a landlord, whether it's an accountant, whether it's a CPA, well, I, a, a lawyer, and certainly the business owners themselves. Yeah. I mean, there's just, and it's, it's not just the ego, but it's competing priorities, right? And everyone is, I mean, I think this is really well documented that people are self-focused, right? How is this going to work for me? How is this going to help 
me. So feeding the ego is really playing into that self-focus and what they're going to get out of the deal, right? Yeah. We once upon a time had a deal, I remember, and we finally, it was a, it was one of those deals and you've, you've, you know, understand those like, this is a, it was a plastics company and it was basically, can you imagine a United States plastic company? And of course, you know, this is 10 years ago and China is just eating their socks off and they, yep. they just don't have the ability to raise revenues. And this is a 30,000 square foot place and it's doing only a couple million bucks in sales. It's really not making money. And we had the perfect buyer. We had another plastics company that wanted another U.S.-based manufacturing facility. And it was the perfect buyer. And we bring it to the seller's attorney and the seller's attorney gets on the phone with us. This is like the one buyer we've had in like, the whole year, anybody who would resemble, put together a, a decent offer and the attorney just launches into us. Who are you? Have you checked all the other strategic buyers? Have you done this? Or have you done that? You guys don't know what you're doing. I mean, he just eviscerated us on the first, uh, on the first call. So I said to my staff, I hung up the phone and I said to my staff or I hung up the zoom and I said, we need to take that guy out to lunch mm -hmm. and we need to tell him that obviously he knows a lot about the M&A uh, business and he has a lot to teach us and he could be very helpful in not only this deal, but perhaps future deals that we could do with him. So we did that. We took him out to lunch. We fed his ego the whole lunch. We actually fed him physically as well, yep. which sometimes never helps. hurts. Never yep. hurts. And he, and we listened mm -hmm. probably 80 to 90%. And after that uh, lunch, he was our biggest advocate throughout the whole deal mm -hmm. and helped us get it closed. Yeah. I mean, you can't fight it, right? If you, that you'd taken that exact same situation and you had fought him on that and said, yes, we know exactly what we're doing and we do this hundreds and thousands of times and you're not going to teach us anything. No one was going to win in that situation. No. Least of all the business owners that you're trying to bring together, right? No, it's, it's really, you know, hard to start, you know, measuring armies and, 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 and expertise and years in the back. You're not going to win by trying to defeat their ego. Mm -mm. You have to feed the ego. You have to mentor the relationship, especially in these consultative sales, these things that are going to take time. Even if you're able to, quote unquote, somehow convince them or swindle the, their minds into agreeing with you, that's going to change overnight. They're going to have remorse and yeah. that's going to set in or they're going to do more research. It's not going to happen. You have to get on their side and feeding their ego is one of the best ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the last one we're going to talk about for at least this part of the episode, we have broken it into two because uh, we've got 10 strategies, but we think right. they're so important. Work on five at a time, right? right. Agreed. So the last one we're going to talk about is just being professional. And I think this is just a generic one, but I, I don't think this can be under, uh, can't be overstated, right? That it's so important to be professional in your negotiations. And I think we could sit here and tell all kinds of stories about people losing their cool or acting in a non-professional manner um, in negotiations, letting their emotions overtake them. So just making sure that you're still treating the other parties with respect, you're listening to them, um, you're showing up to meetings, simple things on time, dressed appropriately, things like that. 
the 24-hour rule is a really good one, I think, in this regard to remind yourself to handle things professionally. If things get heated, just take that 24 hours to wait to respond, to cool down. I don't know. We didn't put that in our top 10, but that's a good one, too. No, it's great. I mean, yeah. listen, not sending that email when you're angry is so funny. I had an email the other day that I got really heated on, and I wrote out this whole response because I think that's one of the good things to do is like, get it out. Like, just write this whole response. And I sent it to my attorney and I marked it draft. And she called me up and she's like, you're not really going to send that, are you? And I'm like, no, never. But I just needed to get it out, you know. Mm -hmm. So you always have to be professional. I, I, you know, I think when I... When I think of the professional business broker, I always think of Tom Jones. Mm, like he's yes. like so steady and yeah. I've seen people get angry and I've seen him handle some very angry and tense situations. And he's just, you know, he's just, it's, he just has the ability to ratchet it down by staying professional. Yeah. Staying and then people thank him later. Yeah. Staying professional, staying calm. I mean, the best negotiators in the world, this is why Chris Voss is good at what he does. Right. He's in an intense negotiation situations for people's lives and he's able to keep his cool, be professional and be calm in a highly emotional situation. Right. right. And, and yes, I, not, none of us are immune to those emotions, but it's learning to basically, how can you remove yourself from the situation, remove yourself from emotions, take a step back, so you are the professional in the room because those people, they do bridge gaps. They do bring very difficult situations to a resolution and people do thank them at the end of it. For and there's it. one way to remove yourself. Hire an intermediary. Yes. <laughs> That's why we're here. Yes. It's very hard. I mean, yes, you can be professional. It's very hard to not be emotional in a situation where you personally have a lot to gain or a lot to, to lose, lose, like when you're buying or selling a business. Right. So that's why you need the team around you and the team that knows how to negotiate on your behalf. Yeah. So these were five of Andy's best 10 negotiation tips. We're going to cover the second five in our next part two episode. But as always, we've got some listings of the week and deals of the week to share. We do. And it's a great episode. And we're looking forward to part two. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is deal of the week. And I am with Matt Minavi from Orange County, California. Matt, welcome. Up. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to Orange County, uh, Florida. Florida. <laughs> Same Orange County. All right. You did a deal. Yes. Tell me about it. Well, it, it, it was uh, it was an HVAC company right. that we just closed. But the story is very interesting because this was a referral from another customer. Nice. I did a business, a full business valuation for another client, which had an auto mechanic shop. Um, the the lease wasn't really good, so I told them you got to take care of the lease before I can take it to market. Twelve months go by. A guy called back and said, "Sorry, nah, can't do it." And I said, no worries. I appreciate it, the help that I offered and so on. 
about a couple months later, I got another call. I am so-and-so's cousin. I've got an HVAC company. Right. He spoke highly of you, and I want you to sell my business for me. Nice. After that, we went to, I did a full business valuation for that company, and then we took it to market. 30 days, I had an offer. It was an LOI. We went through the LOI. The guy did full due diligence on the business. And toward the end, his excuse was, I've got another business. So I've got two little kids. I can't really, my, my wife says, I can't afford the time. I have to back out. Right. So what can you do? It's an LOI. Fast forward, you get your best buyers from where you don't know where they're coming from. Not the ones you expect to come, but right. the ones that completely surprise you. So I was approached by this private equity firm. It's private money. Uh, one of their investors has thousands of properties in Southern California. And the idea was, well, I can vertically integrate and pocket about me enough money to our bottom, bottom sure. line from the business. So we went through full due diligence with them and it was very grueling. And they did QE, legal, everything. And we closed the deal about a month ago or so. Excellent. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And they paid over the asking price. How much was the ask, how much was the asking price? Asking price was about 5.25. And it went for 5.7. And that was what multiple about about multiple of 4.2, nice, 4.3. Nice. And that all cash? They had their own cash. All cash. Wow. It was all cash deal. No financing. <laughs> great deal, Matt. If anybody else is in Orange County, Florida, what's the best way? Uh, Florida. Excuse me, <laughs> California. You could call them in Florida too, but uh, he'll refer to me. But if they're out in California, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way is to either email me at mmanavi at tworld.com or look up our website, which is the best website. It's tworld slash orange. There you go. Tworld slash orange. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Man. Oh, you're very welcome. Congrats. Fantastic. Uh, we're here at an annual conference. Yes. Fantastic job. Thank you, I congratulate Andy. Fantastic Thank job. Thank, Thank you so much. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is Listing of the Week, and I am with J.T. Tatum from South Carolina, this North is, Carolina. That's right, and this is a Greenville, South Carolina Greenville. Listing of the Week. That's right. right. So these folks started this home health care business just about four years ago, and uh, they've grown the business steadily. But the best news is Medicaid in South Carolina just did the first-time increase in nine years to the tune of about a 35% increase in what they're wow. going to reimburse. So this right. SDE of this business last year was 250 grand. After the first quarter of 2023, we've annualized it. It will be 690. That's crazy. This year, okay? Listing price is 2.1 million. The husband and wife team started it. 35 plus caregivers, plus an office manager that handles the scheduling and all those other things. And the best part is when you're the buyer, you take over, what's going to happen is you're getting those Medicaid checks every single Friday. Recurring revenue. It's recurring. Yep. The caregivers log in, they clock in on the app, they clock out, and the checks show up on Friday. It's a great deal for the right person. Right. And so do you need healthcare background? You don't need a healthcare background, in fact. However, if you do have nursing experience, that would be one of those, hey, I can add this on and just be able to increase revenues again. It's going to be about a $1.8 million 
um, annual revenues in 2023 annualized. Wow, so, that's great. Yeah. Sounds like a great deal. Good what's, deals for good people, yes. right? Well, what's the best way to get in touch yeah. with you? Get if, that deal. When you're ready to purchase that deal, you call me at 864-315-8998, or you can email me at jttatum, that's J-T-T-A-T-E-M at tworld.com. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. 